Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. For free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob, Kelly, Luke, and Dalton all together today at the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us wherever you're listening this afternoon. We're going to be talking, uh, hopefully, to Damian Smith, a former basketball player, a little later in the show. The professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, Patrick McGee, will be joining us momentarily. But first, we want to remind you about our good buddies at Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Kelly and I is one of our favorite watering holes. They cook the fresh meat every day in-house. Kelly loves the cream spinach. I like the ice cream and the fried okra, Kelly. It's mighty good. Yeah, even when there's people waiting in line to place their orders, I always go to the back of the line. Just so that while I'm waiting to be served, I can eat the ice cream. <laughs> That's right. I'm no dummy. Nobody's ever come to you and said, oh, you eat too much. No, well, not there they have That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Not, not a Dickies, right? I thought we left that comment in 2019, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. K, you need to eat vegetable. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they do not mean all day. To the top. Here we go. Let's keep going. <laughs> so we want to thank Dickies Barbecue Pit for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. Every Thursday, we go down to the Gulf Coast, talk to our buddy Patrick McGee, the professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Today is no exception. And Patrick, we've got a lot of things to go over with you today, uh, so I hope you got a little time. First off, I don't guess we've talked since the conclusion of the football season. Uh, Kelly and I have taken a little heat for being too, quote, quote, negative about the season. But Patrick, overall, as a sports writer who's always objective about these things, Give us your analysis of the 2019 football season, and is it as disappointing as some people think? Well, I think it kind of falls short of expectations. I don't think there's any doubt, that, a doubt about that. This was a team that, that was built to win this year. Uh, you know, and you, and you lose a Quez Watkins, and and you're going to you know lose a left tackle and Drake Dorbeck, and they have a lot coming back. Uh, but with the way everything was put together this year, uh, you didn't have any glaring weakness. Now there were times in the season where you know the secondary looked pretty bad or the uh, the ground game was pretty rough. But overall, this was a year that that Southern Miss had a chance to really uh, compete for a conference championship, and they really kind of uh, played their worst football at the the most important time there at the close of the season. So it was. So yeah, I mean, fans have reason to be disappointed this year. Uh, this was a team that could have got a long way, but they never never quite hit their potential. What do you think happened, Patrick? What do you think the problem was in retrospect? Well, I, I think they generally got, you know, the other teams that they played down the stretch were played good, uh, were, were better coached, had better game plans. Uh, they, you know, they, they it was, uh, it really wasn't close to those last three games. I mean, sure, it was good for a quarter against too late. Uh, but other than that, it re- they really were really weren't even in those games. So uh, it was 
it just didn't work out. They did suffer a key injury here or there, but it wasn't like that was an overwhelming issue. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, the other teams were just better prepared and just had more me- momentum to close out the season. Who will be the player, Patrick, um, that you won't realize you miss that much until maybe game two or game three of next year? Uh, well, you're going to miss Wes Watkins. Um, uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. But I think the Michael Harris, uh, obvious, it was obvious what happened whenever he left the field uh, Saturday against Tulane. Things just really started to go south. It got worse whenever Jack Abraham got hurt. But the Michael Harris was a game changer when he, when he was healthy, uh, able to – uh, pitch it there in the backfield. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Michael Harris, it's hard to replace that kind of speed in the backfield. It's hard to fight guys like that. And, uh, but, yeah, the Michael Harris, Ed Quez Watkins, those, those guys are both game changers this season. I think on defense, a, a name that they're going to miss also is DQ Thomas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a perfect fit for that position. Uh, he was the best defensive player on the team this year, I thought, far away. Me too. I got Quez Turner at, t- at ties looked dominant. But consistently throughout the season, I thought DQ was the best player on that defense. Hot take on the uh, 2020 football schedule released yesterday. You like week two against LaTeX? Uh, anything else that jumps out to you? It's Yeah, it's a little odd schedule, uh, the way it sets up. Uh, uh, you, you open up uh, uh, there, you know, get South Alabama. I, I think coming out of the shoot, you have three games that uh, really give Southern Miss a chance to really kind of bolster those attendance numbers uh, with, with – South Alabama coming in, probably bringing a good following there for that season opener. Uh, then you have La Tech cover the Hattiesburg, and, and then you have Jackson State. So uh, if you're Southern Miss, you'd like to average about 30,000 fans for those first three games. So I think the schedule sets up to, if this team's going to have a big year, uh, they have a chance to really start out strong. Patrick, it sounds like you're fighting a little cold or something. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I, you never know when asthma is going to come bite you in the butt. And whenever yeah. you know, I had it as a kid, and now all of a sudden, as a forty-one-year-old, I've got asthma again. So forty-one? I thought he was yeah. like twenty-eight. No, I just turned forty-one this last week. You know, and I, I developed allergies late. In my, I was never allergic to anything, well, other than work. Right. You know, but, but I mean, now all of a sudden, I seem to be allergic. You know, to You've never had any food allergies. Clearly, <laughs> no, that that too. <laughs> That too, I've been able, to, I've been able to battle that one, you know. Um, but I wanted to ask you, Patrick, and we encourage everybody to follow you on social media too. And there are several different platforms in which to do that. But uh, and if people have, then there's there's also news breaking out of the coast that um, the before the baseball season even starts, it looks like there might be some some uh, ominous weather coming as far as the postseason tournament comes. Metaphorically speaking, kind of bring us up to date. Yeah, um, there's always been a little bit of drama surrounding the uh, uh, tournament. There's been a little disagreement between Tim Bennett and the, and the folks that own the uh, own the Shuckers over the use of the baseball stadium. And uh, the Shuckers were kind enough to, to schedule a or ha- you know have a game really land on what was supposed to be the first day of the conference USA baseball tournament. <clears throat> so uh, they're going to reschedule that game and play a doubleheader the day before, but they're they're making Tim Bennett. Who runs overtime sports and has brought the copper service to Biloxi. He's going to have to turn around and pay them a big chunk of change uh, for them to help them reschedule their game. It was just one of those things where he just go, had to go ahead and do it with the bad day off. So, uh, right now, the Shuckers look kind of stubborn at all this. That they, you know, uh, at first, you know, I thought they were going to be super accommodating to this, but if this is going to be an issue going forward, uh, it's not really going to help the tournament. 
Um, I know, like, we have a couple of Mississippi State baseball games that are coming out this season, but those are games that were lined up through the Shuckers. Uh, that's the first time they've done that. The past 10 minutes handled all, all the college baseball games that were played there at the ballpark. So uh, it's just that disagreement between 10 minutes, the ownership of the, the Shuckers, uh, that's created a little drama. Uh, you know, it, it, things may kind of stay as is, and, and, and the tournament may keep coming to Bluxy, but as long as little stuff keeps popping up like that, it just makes it that much harder. I, I will make this question a little longer, Patrick, so you can hit the inhaler a couple times. <laughs> but basketball tonight, the Eagles uh, head to UTEP, and, and the Miners were projected to be one of the top finishing teams in the conference, but all of a sudden have hit upon uh, a skid. It was albeit on the road, and UTEP is 8-0 at home this year. What are you looking for? What would you like to see, besides a win, obviously, out of Southern Miss tonight as they, as they go over to UTEP? Yeah, I mean, that's a really tough place to go and win. So I'm not expecting a win for Southern Miss tonight. UTEP appears to be a much-improved team, even though they've dealt with some drama with their coach dealing with speaking of allergies. He had had allergic reaction to food last week. He had to go to the hospital. Uh, But he's back and ready for the game. And uh, You just want some improvement. Uh, You looked at the line from the last Tech game, and Harper Baker didn't score, and and Drain didn't have much of a role to play. Uh, It was, you know, it's, you know, I, I guess Tech kind of figured out if you take away one or two players, things kind of go south for Southern Miss. So they just need more contributions from more people uh, and, and have everybody kind of pitch in. It's really been an inconsistent year for Southern Miss in terms of getting everybody to kind of pitch in day in, day out. It uh, seems like somebody's always cold or a little off uh, on, a, on any given night. So for Southern Miss, they've just kind of got, got to get going as a group, and I think it will happen at some point in the conference play. But uh, right now, it's not really very encouraging considering how those last two games went. All right, Patrick, are you up to sticking around through the next segment? Got a few more questions, if you're good? Yeah, yeah, sure. That's fine. All right, we've got Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald on the Eagle Hour. When we come back, I want to ask Patrick, guys, <clears throat> I want to go back to the baseball thing. I think here's a question that has to be, how does this happen? How, how, can the, how possibly can the Shuckers – not know that the Conference USA Baseball Tournament is going to be in their place and and the two sides look at a schedule before this happens. Of course, the Shuckers are probably saying, we don't care, it's our place. You know, we the Shuckers are going to take priority over anything else that, that goes there. That's probably their attitude. Yeah, but if you read Patrick's article, he can tell, more, tell us more about it when he gets back. But supposedly these dates for the CSA Tournament this year were announced like in 2019, like in the summer. So it's not like this is late breaking news. Where is Judy right now? Where is is Judy Judy to come to our rescue? We'll see if Patrick knows where Judy's at when we come back from the other side of the break. Welcome back to the show. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. 
great selection of Southern Miss apparel, textbooks for all the students in the area, and uh, no matter where you're at, uh, you can buy your Southern Miss apparel at Southern at Campus Bookmart, campusbookmart.net if you're out of the state or in other parts of the state, and of course, uh, Campus Bookmart on Hardesty. You do know, Kelly, we well, streamed online, so people in other states actually listen to the radio show. Now, that streamed online would mean? You can hear it wherever you're at. How is that? Turn on your computer, go to supertalkhattiesburg.com. There's a river that runs down the internet, and it breaks off, and you sit by that stream and listen to the Eagle Hour. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Uh, it sounds like that sounds like something Mike Leach would say. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what? Well, let's, uh, before we'll we before we go back to uh, Patrick, uh, news just breaking that uh, Mr. Leach has been hired as the head football coach at Mississippi State, the Mad Scientist Pirate from himself. Washington State. Patrick, we we obviously don't want to dive into this, but this is. Breaking news, and uh, what do you think about that, Mike Leach, Mississippi State? Yeah, I said I, I was in a rush to get that up on the website right before y'all called, so I was kind of surprised that wasn't the first question. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I had you know some his name was attached to it kind of early on, but uh, just here last the twenty four hours, we found out that he'd been interviewed, and now he's the guy. So, hmm. I mean, that's. Uh, it's to me. It's a little bit of an odd fit with Leach at Mississippi State, but in other ways it makes a lot of sense because Leach is kind of an equalizer against you know programs that are much more talented just because of the scheme. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of you know I know Jeff Munkin and Army was also thrown into. It's kind of opposite end of the spectrum, but uh, it's those are both schemes that kind of allows you to compete against teams that are more talented and deeper than you are. So uh, we'll see how it works out. I, I'm kind of surprised that they ended up making the call. Uh, we're going to see, see a lot of throwing around the football Oxford and start All right. Uh, fair to say that he was their second choice, right? The guy that ended up signing as the Giants head coach is who they originally wanted, right, Patrick? Well, that's, that was kind of the school of thought there for a day. Uh, but, you know, I, I would take a Mike Leach over a Joe Judge because Judge was not right. proven yet as a <clears> – <throat> Right. I mean, the most he ever does, but basically a position coach and a special teams coordinator. So, right. uh, so I, I think at the end they probably ended up with the best guy that could have had. Could but have I'm, I'm sure the New York press will be very kind to this guy up there when he takes over the Giants. Fair to say? Oh, they're already just savaging him. Everybody <laughs> hates him. Especially when the Redskins beat him every game. Bobby. Correct. That's when you lose your job. That's for sure. All right, Patrick, I want to take you back to the baseball tournament because in your article. You point out that the that the Conference USA Baseball Tournament schedule was set in May of 2019. Mm-hmm. So my question is, from just a simple guy like me, how in the world uh, does the Shucker organization schedule a game on top of that when it when the tournament was scheduled a year ago? Well, it, it is a little bit comp. Uh, you know, just to, to point out, I mean, it is kind of complicated. To- put these schedules together for the Shuckers. So maybe they knew this it was this was going to be inevitable that at some point there was going to be a conflict on a day. Maybe this was kind of the year where it was just no way around it. Uh, but I you know, I'm like I'm with you. I don't understand uh, why this couldn't have been figured out a long time ago. Uh, is but, you know, the Shuckers, you know, I, I, I think there is a tinge of jealousy probably for the Shuckers when it comes to the Conference USA tournament. Uh, considering how many media members, how many you know fans are there on a consistent basis, uh, there's a lot more interest in the Conference USA baseball tournament than there is, say, a, uh, a random 
much more, I should say, than the random you know home series for the Bloxy Shuckers. So at this point, you know, the Shuckers are worried about themselves and they're not so much worried about the success of the Conference USA tournament, especially with the disagreement between Tim Bennett and the uh, Shuckers. Well, and that, go- that goes back a few years, doesn't it? Right, yeah. That, that, <clears throat> that was basically as soon as the team got here, that thing just kind of came into the open. And we've also heard uh, from various sources over the last couple of years that some of the coaches in Conference USA have begun to grumble about the tournament being there every year because they think it's such an advantage for the Golden Eagles. So considering all of these things, you really feel like after this year we may see it move somewhere else? Uh, I think it's going to stay in Mississippi. Uh, I think it's a point it could maybe go back to Rice, but as long as the conference knows it can make more money or you know at least break even at the least uh, in, in holding it somewhere nearer to Hattiesburg, they're going to continue to do that uh, just because none of the other programs in the conference outside of Rice, whenever it's doing really well, can, can really kind of come close to the support that Southern Miss brings for its baseball program. So I expect it to stay in the, in the vicinity of Hattiesburg, if not in Biloxi. For the foreseeable Interesting. future. Interesting. Patrick, Tim Bennett's doesn't he partially own, or the group he's with partially own Smith, Willis, and Jackson? Yeah, and and uh, I mean there is some uh, talk that you know that they they're putting some money in the Smith Wills, and that somehow Smith Wills may come into the picture uh, hosting the Conference USA tournament at some point in the future. Mm. I'd say just leave it at the peak. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm kind of of the same. If you're going to put it Smith Wills, why not just keep it in Hattiesburg? Well, well, Judy Judy McLeod reportedly is saying that it's worked for the NFL, so why not Conference USA move the tournament to London? Show <laughs> <laughs> sure a big crowd there. Sure big crowd there, right? Right. All right, uh, Patrick. Let's skip gears a little bit here. Let's go to the playoffs. Uh, Mm-hmm. I, I almost hesitate to bring this up. We've already had this discussion with Luke. But I was pretty tame this week. Can can you? Yeah. Can you? But, at, at least uh, acknowledge that he was. He was. But how disappointing! I mean, I'm, I'm not a Saints guy, as as anybody listening to the show knows. But I got to tell you, man, I was disappointed, and, and I know that uh, that folks that follow the Saints, and I got quite a number of friends that are huge Saints fans. I felt bad for them. What, how, was that, how was dis- that one of those friends? You were. Okay. You were. I didn't I didn't bother you that afternoon, did I? Uh, unlike a couple of years ago, I won't bring that back up when the Saints beat the Redskins and my phone blew up with 5,000 Houdat Texas on the way home. Because I got 5,000 <clears> held to the Redskins leading up to that moment. <laughs> but, Patrick, uh, is the window closing for the Saints? No, I, actually, I, I think they're fine going into next year. But I, I, I just really look back to that game uh, on Sunday, and they just did not play well. And Drew Brees didn't play well, which was, was surprising considering how well he had played for much of the season uh, coming back. And, and it, I mean, the, the Saints were better off on offense whenever Taysom Hill was in there. So uh, Brees really just made a couple of mistakes that were glaring and uh, really played a large role in that loss. So I, I mean, I think Breeze is, is in good position to come back, and, and uh, it's hard to see him being any worse than he was this year. Uh, he was pretty darn good. Uh, so, no, I, I don't think it's completely closed. I think next year they're they're in a pretty similar position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it hurts to lose that one uh, if you're a Saints fan because they just 
it, it you know they you know I know fans were disappointed in the way the game ended, but I I walked away thinking they deserve they deserve to lose that game. The Vikings deserve to win. The Saints just did not play well. All right, so we go from the NFL playoffs to the college playoffs. Patrick, we won't talk to you again until next Thursday, and on Monday night from New Orleans, the NCAA championship football game the Clemson Tigers against the LSU Tigers right now the odds makers have LSU a six-point pick who do you like in that game how it's how's it going to come out Patrick well I, I just go back to the first half of that uh, game against Oklahoma and uh, that I mean that's about as impressive a two quarters as you'll see a college football team play uh, at this point it's, it's hard for me to pick against LSU They're, they've just been uh, too consistently good and obviously, Clemson's been consistently great for a while, too. But uh, LSU right now seems to just kind of be building up to this point and only getting better. I would have, you know, there was talk that Steve Sarkeesian at Alabama, the offensive coordinator, you know, might have been hired at Mississippi State. And with Alabama not making the playoffs, had Sarkeesian left. And, and Pete Golding, I guess, is, you know, being talked about in, in some other circles. That, that maybe there's a, if you'll pardon the pun, a turning of the tide a little bit, that Alabama has shown it's fallible. They're going to lose... Uh, Tua to the NFL draft. They're going to have to have a new quarterback. Jalen Hurts left last year. So no. uh, I just – no. Uh, they probably won't win over 10 or 11 games. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're doomed, right, for 10 or 11? Uh, I, I, Patrick, fair to say, last question, uh, premature to talk about the death of the Alabama football program. Is that a pretty fair statement? Oh, no. I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're perfectly fine. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not worried about Alabama. Defensively, they'll be better cause just because Nick Saban won't accept you know, how that season ended right. uh, defensively. They're going to be really good and really tough to beat again. He won't accept an 11-2 season. Right, right. No tears for the Tide. But I'll tell you here, what but... dynasty is over. Yeah. The Patriots are done. Oh, uh, I don't know. Put a stake in the heart of the Patriots. Are they it's done, over. Patrick? Are they done? Yeah, they're done. They're done. <laughs> well said, Huda. See there? Well. Thank you, Patrick. We appreciate you, buddy. All right, no problem. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Boy, I'm telling you, (laughs) patriot haters. And and his next article is going to be entitled, How Did Sanner Ever Get This Job on the Radio? Yeah, the the (laughs) man that just predicted the end of the Alabama football dynasty. That's right, Right buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, Kelly Sanner. No more than 10 wins next year. You heard it. You heard it first on the Eagle Hour. (laughs) We'll be right back. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Thursday, the whole gang in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Luke, Kelly, Bob, and Dalton Stanford. Appreciate Patrick McGee for sitting in with us for the last two segments, talking a plethora of material for you out there and just 
trying to uh, think our way through a few of these uh, issues going on at Southern Miss. Some of them good, some of them challenging. But third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located just in the shadow of the Rock in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Anybody know what the uh, lunch special is tomorrow? Catfish. Uh, yeah, catfish, catfish Friday. Friday. And the meatball subs back this week also, we found out. Yeah, and they and some and lots of times they'll add, you know, something. How much on, are those lunches? Eight ninety five, Bob. With a drink. With a drink. A soft drink. And a dessert. You know. And every, a dessert. It's all inclusive. It's eight, all there. Eight ninety five. Good. Always good. Bob, um, wanted to get your take. Kelly and I walked through it uh, a little bit. This twenty twenty schedule. I think that would be a a good play. We hit it fourth segment yesterday. It's so really didn't get to dissect it that much. Um, the first big win to me, six home games. Mm-hmm. The last time I can remember, we started off with three straight home games. I think it was my redshirt freshman year, 2002. Uh, we played Jackson State in one of those games, played Illinois and maybe Memphis. Can't remember. But uh, South Alabama, La Tech, Jackson State. So your SWAC opponent is actually your third opponent. Your Sunbelt opponent is sec- as the, uh, the first game. Interesting, Kelly and I, the first really uh, 25% first quarter of the season, La Tech, I mean, the West could be won or lost in game two. My observation is it's a good schedule for Southern Miss because it gives them an opportunity to play at home for three weeks and get off to a good start. I think Patrick made a good point, too. It it hopefully would would increase attendance and, and do well. The only the only criticism I would have, and this goes back to the conference, I just don't understand how they don't see these things. The big rivalry in the Western Division of the conference is Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech, and oftentimes in past years that's been the deciding game for the conference Western title. Why don't you play that at the end of the season and make that a season-ending conference game every year because it could be a big game every year that would decide the outcome of the, of two, the West. Two places that could have been done Halloween night instead of Rice or November 21st against you know, UTSA. That would be my only criticism. I'm going to look at and see if LaTeX released theirs, um, what it is. But when you move on from there, you got you get three games at home, then you got to pay the piper because four right. out of the next five are on the road. At Auburn, which is your money game, at North Texas – you play FAU at home and then at UTEP and then at Liberty for a Sunbelt opponent. Well, and let me say this, too, about the opener. I think South Alabama is a great team to put on the schedule. I would hope that Jeremy McLean and the AD down there could work out a long-term home-and-home deal. It just makes perfect sense. It could become what it used to be between Southern Miss and Tulane because they're gone now. The South Alabama-Southern Miss rivalry – could be developed. I know you guys are going to be shocked when I say this, but there is something, no. there is something no. else the Conference USA could do better. Mm. Are you shocked at that? Yeah, I want to hear this. <laughs> okay. the, the games against the East, Southern Miss, UAB, La Tech, they're all in the West, okay? But games against the East count in the overall race That's right. for a title, right. okay? They need to change that, in my, in my view, because the grades of some of the teams in the East are, you know, are not as good right. as some of the and, – and Southern Miss, you know, gets two of the – you know, they're playing Western Kentucky, you know, who's, who's tough in that division. FAU is tough in that division. You know, they haven't gotten to play some of the weak sisters. 
you know, but yet those games, if you're not playing identical schedules in the league, then league schedules should not count for your overall champions. And if that were the case this year, UAB wouldn't have been playing for the conference title. But, I mean, if you look at the SEC, it's the same way. Alabama always gets a cheap shot because their travel partner is Tennessee. You know, and and if you're in in the uh, the East, you you may not have to play Alabama, you know, but uh, you don't have to play – Georgia, you know, so yeah, it happens in every conference. Just there's some disparity in in the East against the West in conference. There's USA. a team that fell off the schedule next year that that I hope too that Mr. McLean is is talking to to develop a long term relationship with, and that's Troy. I think that's another natural rivalry, and I've made my opinion about this clear. I, Get rid of the SWAC teams. Bring Troy in. Bring South you, Alabama. You've in. got Bring you play Troy four times this decade. You play them in 2021 in the Rock. You play them in 2024 at Troy, and then if we make it there, 2028 at Troy, 2029 at Southern Miss. So four times this decade. Well, I like that. You know who else I would like to see them pursue is Georgia State. Mm -hmm. Georgia State, the Panthers, their campus is in downtown Atlanta. People talk about how fun it is to play Tulane because you can just go down, excuse me, Tulane, and go right right down I-59 and have some fun in New Orleans. If you haven't been to Atlanta in a while, there's tons of stuff to do in Atlanta, and that's just a quick shot over Interstate 20. I think Georgia State, a program that's on the rise in the Sun Belt, Mm -hmm. in the Atlanta market, would be a good place to play. You're one of those ATL hipsters a bit, aren't you? I like Atlanta. I like Mm -hmm. like the city uh, of Atlanta. If you can deal with traffic a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I'm just saying there's a good television market there. It would be a good recruiting uh, place for Southern Miss to spread its wings a little bit. I just think Georgia State would be a great add. And let me throw uh, the University of Louisiana or Louisiana Lafayette, as us old guys remember. Let me throw that name out there, too. I don't know. It just seems to me there's so many things you could do other than playing SWAC. I'm just not a. I'm just not a proponent of playing non D1 schools. Well, if you go, it's just a waste. This is of really time. a. This is really a, a scheduling method that even Mr. McGillis started. He started Mr. It, Gilbert. Actually, and yeah. the idea behind it, it's not a bad idea. You, you get if you're going to play, everybody plays an, an FCS opponent now. So if you're going to play an FCS opponent, you might as well play Alcorn or a local SWAC team, a regional SWAC team, because you're guaranteed a money attendance game. And that's a, that's where we're at. If 25,000 people aren't going to come to watch us play Rice, then guess what? We'll take 31,000, 32,000 coming Southern or Jackson State or Alcorn. The other the other component of that scheduling uh, method was get a regional Sunbelt opponent, and they've done that. You even look at 2021, we're going to play South Alabama and Troy. I like that. And those games, which were the right-in shoe-in wins in the past, now you're thinking recruiting, first and foremost, because you compete. They're in not the, the, shoe-in wins anymore, yeah, my yeah. friend. But, but that's the idea. And then you get your SEC money game, which they'll continue to. You, so you basically get an attendance game, you get a recruiting game, you get a money game. And be careful of these games with Liberty that are sprinkled throughout the schedule the next mm-hmm. five to eight years. The Liberty Flames, maybe, are a team to really watch. Um, Luke kind of refers to him as the Fighting Freezes because Hugh Freeze is there now. But but the Flames are going to be able to play. They're going to have a unique brand of football that are going to wreak they, havoc on they some They might have the best facilities in the group of five, like down, like no questions asked. And I and then if you look at some of the lesser Power Five schools, their facilities outdo theirs. 
And say what you want to about Hugh Freeze, but the guy's a winner. And he did a heck of a job at Ole Miss, and uh, he's doing a good job there. And uh, you're right. Uh, I think they're a worthy opponent. No and, and, and Liberty University, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, was, it was founded by the Reverend Jerry Falwell. And, and many of you old guys like me certainly remember Reverend Falwell. It's in Lynchburg, Virginia. Jerry Falwell used to originate all of his programs from there. And the university's fully endowed. I mean, they don't owe any money to anybody. So that's, Luke was saying, all these facilities, they're – they're not, you know, it's all their money, right? They're, they're not playing on any house money. So it's really a school that's on the upward move in just it's, about everything. It's one of the they largest in the world. to get in the conference, too. Didn't they try to get in conference, they did. USA, And they, they did. were turned down. They were willing to pay, I think, $20 million to get in, and Sunbelt only charged them $5 million to get in. Where's Judy? It's one of the largest private universities in the world, 100,000 students. A lot of that's online. But it, it's it's amazing. Luke is too young to remember this, Callie, but you remember the show, I'm sure, Car 54, Where Are You? Sure. With Fred Gwynn, who played Herman Munster. Right? Judy, Where Are You? <laughs> Judy, Car Judy, 54. Judy, Where Are You, Judy? <laughs> G, G, Judy. <laughs> remember how? This is so wrong. I would say you're going to see her in four months, but she's never come to the, the conference baseball tournament. You, you remember when uh, when Goober on Andy Griffith used to do, he could, he could do Jimmy Cagney, do GGGD. So, every time we see her. Calling Judy McLeod. Anyone seen Judy McLeod? Look, we pick on Judy McLeod, but what, she works for the athletic directors, right? Or, or university presidents, I should presidents. say. University presidents. So, so really... Are you mad at her, or are you mad at the university presidents for not making a change? I don't know. Yeah, or, or this is the way too. If we ever run into a, a situation at any of your grandkids, you know, soccer or basketball games, we need a new tie-breaking system. We'll just call Judy up. They can take care of that pretty good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and if it do, and if that doesn't work this week, then we'll just change or the tie-breaker next the week. Or, or at the holidays, you could not know which grandchild you're going to see until the last, until the week before the holidays. Or change those up even. If we can change yeah. those up depending on how the year. Uh, it's become a roast fest this today. <laughs> yeah, the only thing we're missing is red button saying never got a dinner. <laughs> Judy McLeod never got a dinner. Okay, I think the Eagle Hour has another segment, and I think we're going to continue after this. Uh, can you do something constructive in the last we, segment? We can. If you missed the first part of the segment, again, breaking news, Mississippi State has hired Mike Leach. Um, obviously, this is, an Eagle Hour. It, this is the Eagle Hour, but uh, we'll talk maybe when we come back from the break a little bit. Uh, how maybe football recruiting in the state of Mississippi may change if the mad scientist is coming. Has anyone seen Judy? Especially if you're a quarterback, <laughs> things are a little bit different. Judy, Judy, Judy. G, G, G. We'll be back with our final installment of the Eagle Hour. Brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. That's next.
The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. Toyota Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. You can also check them out online, toyotahattiesburg.com, and view their full inventory of new and pre-owned and certified vehicles. Well, uh, basketball and both men and women in uh, competitions and games tonight, the men uh, out on the road in UTEP, and as Patrick said, pretty tough place to play. 8 p.m. tip-off against the Miners. Coaches back. They're, uh, Kelly, the Lathan kid we talked to John Tischer about yesterday, he's back. But that tip's going to be at 8. John Cox uh, on the call. Lady Eagles, who are 9-3, and three, are going to be hosting the UTEP ladies, uh, Miners, tonight in Reed Green Coliseum. 6 p.m. tip for Coach Joy Lee McNellis and her ladies track and field hey, starting back, up huh? tomorrow headed over to uab for the blazer classic it will be the first uh, event i believe there's four meets five meets in the indoor season so uh, coach stewart gets his athletes in it'll be fun to watch them this spring we gotta sure. get him back on soon we yep. love coach stewart great interview and just a great guy always comes to the studio and does it here with us we and, like it. and again it makes perfect sense that that utep and southern miss would be playing each other in men's and women's basketball but one team would come here it's and crazy, the other team goes over crazy, there why don't they travel together it'd be much cheaper just one more time bob can judy, you judy judy anybody <laughs> seen judy <laughs> <laughs> so Mississippi State gets Mike Leach. Ole Miss hires Lane Kiffin. How do you think that the Leach hiring will affect football recruiting in the state of Mississippi immediately and a year from now? If you're a quarterback now and you weren't thinking about maybe going to Mississippi State, Mike Leach is probably the best groomer or among the better groomers of quarterbacks right. to go on to the pros. And the l- most recent example is right out of Brandon, Mississippi. Gardner Minshew, who was at Brandon High School, wound up going to Washington State after one year under Leach's tutelage. He's starting because of an injury, but he's still starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if you're a quarterback, the hiring of Leach certainly changes things. And here's an interesting point I think about that, too. If you take Dak Prescott out of the picture, great quarterback, no question about that. Mississippi State doesn't have a history of really great quarterbacks. And Mike Leach is the kind of guy that could change that. And and by far, and as the rule changes keep coming, it always favors the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So I I just think think as far as that goes. But but the point, too, is that Mike Leach's teams have never played great defense, even when he was at Texas Tech. And you're not going to win in that league. The money sign That's that's my only question generally about, about the hire, even deviating from my original question. Is you couldn't win the Pac-12? How you going the SEC West? You know, it's just a well. You made that point about Lane Kippen. You've won your last conference championship. <laughs> it was more tongue in cheek, but but I do think though, with a coach of his national prominence, I think in the state of Mississippi, there's going to be far more people, and even with the Kiffin hire too, are going to uh, be clued in recruiting wise to Mississippi football. And I mean, and and the spillover effect for Southern Miss is when you become more prominent on the national stage, like your state, your recruiting, the JUCO network, all that, I think it, a, a few players could land at Southern Miss that maybe not would land before. But here's what I want to throw out to you guys and get your reactions that I'm noticing in a lot of the hires across the, across the board, pros and college, is a lot of these coaches now are almost cartoon-like with their personalities. You know, Mike Leach's diatribes, which are all over – you know, social media with his press conferences have become legendary. You got Lane Kiffin now, who's almost a rock star in his own right. 
coaches are now almost having to be cartoon characters and rock stars. You can't have, it seems anymore, the old hardcore, hard-nosed, ex-and-oach coach that is <coughs> boring, that doesn't speak well in front of crowds, that doesn't want to shake hands. Anybody come to mind? I'm just saying that as you go forward... It seems to me like yeah, those personalities right. are what a lot of what these schools are hiring. I think we saw that here a few years ago when Todd Munkin was here. Ed Orgeron yeah. at, at LSU, he certainly didn't burn it up yeah. at Ole Miss. Of course, he's a, he's a Louisiana guy for sure. But he's an entertaining guy. Yes. Uh, Munkin invigorated Southern Miss supporters here. Donnie Tindall on the basketball Donnie floor. Tindall, right. You know? That's Voldemort. We don't mention that name. That's one of the... Uh Ones he shall not be named. I'm telling you. You broke Eagle Hour policy 542 slash 8 slash 2. Our attorneys will be a touch. You, you guys now. say that, but if you ask 8 out of 10 Southern Miss basketball fans, you know, well, now obviously everybody's happy with Jay Ladner, but I said before that, they'd say, well, would you take Tyndall back? You know? Yeah, man. It was, it was fun. It was, you know. Life he, he, after probation is nice. Our attorney, Willie Scheister, will be in touch with you before the end of the day. <laughs> Hey, but seriously, can how will Mike Leach be perceived and received in the state of Mississippi? He was perceived and received well in, in Lubbock, Texas, yeah. which when he was there, the blue laws were still in effect. In many ways, I Lubbock is— I think they'll love him. Yeah, I do too. I think he's just an entertaining guy and a proven winner. He's a really smart dude, too. I follow, I follow him on Twitter just to listen to him talk because it's randomness, and it's like genius— Right. Doesn't he have some pretty up high graduate degrees and that sort of thing? I mean, he's a really intelligent man. I he's think. a lot of things. He's a psychologist. He's a scientist. He's a football coach. And he's the coach of Mississippi State. <laughs> now, is he called the Mad Hatter or was no, that's Les, Les Miles. Miles is the Mad Hatter? He's the Mad Scientist, Mike Leach. Mad Scientist. Gotcha. What is Kelly, Bob? <laughs> just mad. <laughs> He's just mad. Incompetent comes to mind. Right. You know. I'm not talking about angry. <laughs> and can you imagine the UTEP coach being being allergic to food? Can you imagine anything worse? No, I can't. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss to the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.